What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Triple Beam Streams, the podcast. We go through movies, TV, reality shows, survival shows, any fucking thing that comes to our mind. I am Justin, here with Pat and Dom. Of course, as you guys know from the last episode, Eric was not going to be here because... <laughs> even invited. We didn't even... We didn't even invite Eric. We didn't even say, we would just say, Eric, just sit this one out, bro. Eric Dio. <laughs> You're not that guy. We got a special. I, I saw him at a pool party yesterday. So yeah, he, he not here, man. He probably had no mask on. <laughs> no, he, uh, we, we, as you heard already, we got a guest here. We got Cyrus Blot himself, Mr. H Visibility. No longer on Twitter, man. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what I was going uh, to Yeah, I got, uh, I got hit not too long ago. I finally sent the email to get my account back. And they said, we'll get back to you in like 10 days. If I don't get my account back in 10 days, yeah, I ain't coming back. <laughs> Wait, what did you do? I posted, uh, you know that Cow- Courage the Cowardly Dog video where it's the Kendrick Lamar scream? Yeah. Yeah, that's what got me out of here. <laughs> uh, that's wild. I thought you would like call Cody Rhodes like a white slur or something. That would have made more sense. Uh, I, no such thing as a white I got, I got sniped for that, but not pull the trigger at Hitman. <laughs> 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 it is what it is but we are back of course we replaced eric with another person banned from twitter oh my god <laughs> crazy. His, i think his ban is uh voluntarily they kind of just kicked my ass out uh <laughs> well, no eric that could was, be eric was uh, escorted out the building three years ago <laughs> oh yeah, 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 by yeah, his yeah. Arms. <laughs> <laughs> he was escorted out the building uh but before we start on this topic of course it is the hashtag jojo agenda we're talking all things JoJo's Bizarre Adventure this episode. But before we get to it, we got to talk about what everybody is 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 watching. I think I started something last episode where I I we went around and we tried to sell each other on something that we were watching. I hope you guys are ready to I've sell. been I've been preparing for this for like 2 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Cyrus, let's start you off. Sell us on what you've been watching or, or reading, whatever. What, what, what have you been watching okay. that you need to watch? So I've been watching Arrested Development on Netflix. Um, if you like The Office, but you want a little more anxiety uh, throughout your day, <laughs> just watch this show. Watch this chaotic family come together and then ruin each other's lives, come together again, and then ruin each other's lives over and over. It is some of the most goofy and insane things ever and i think it really does parallel to jojo and and it's like insanity levels it's funny to me that like people are discovering not fun and not in like a condescending way like cool that like like younger people are now discovering arrested after like being alive for when it had it's like original uh, run yeah yeah I, i always heard about it but i was just like where do i watch this and when i went to chicago for my birthday my friend had it on and then I was just like, oh, this show is like something I could really get into. Uh, yeah, it's, it's think, a classic. I think what got me or like hooked me in was the um, there's always money in the banana stand. Yeah, yeah. And then I was just like, I swear to God, if, <laughs> if he really met like inside the banana stand <laughs> and that's what he met. And then they <laughs> dunked it into the ocean. <laughs> now, what, what is it about? I, I've always heard people saying or talking about this shit. it's like about this big sprawling uh dysfunctional family 
and like Jeffrey Tambor is like the so like the father of the family, and he's in jail. I believe for sorry. Like, he's in jail, he's, I believe. The show, for, they're like rich, and the show starts with him like going to jail and like they lose all yeah. their money. They lose all their money, yeah. But and, like uh, it's like the Bluth Company or whatever, and they're just trying to keep the family afloat while the dad is like gonna get arrested for like uh, white collar crimes and stuff. Yeah, and like <laughs> and, it, and it, it, a lot of it wait, is tethering it, some of it, it tends, starts tends, out, tends into like dick cheney it, i think at some point like yeah it, it, it starts out as white collar did it becomes outright treason and yeah, now it's it like really oh ridiculous <laughs> the show has like really strong writing really really great performances like it's a great ensemble cast but like mm-hmm. i think the only other show i think that captures like dysfunctional families this well is like succession probably yeah it's like succession but funnier i couldn't get into succession bro i'm sorry uh, fucking, I, I, think this, I think the show was a lot funnier. Oh, well, yeah, Succession is also yeah. like way more depressing. Like, yeah. oh, Arrested okay. Development is like, if you Just, wanted to, if you come from a dysfunctional family and you want to explain to like a friend who's like, <laughs> normal, what's it like? <laughs> no, for real. Cause like when I was, I was like right at a high school, I guess, when the show first was popping. And like one of my friends, I come from a very dysfunctional family. And I was trying to explain to one of my friends who comes from an, a, a normal home what my family was like, because he would only meet them like occasionally. And he's like, they're all so funny. I'm like, yeah, they're all so really toxic. He would understand <laughs> oh, it. Yeah. And we were watching an episode of Rest Development together. And I was like, Lucille Bluth is basically my grandmother. Like, that's literally what she's Jesus like. Jesus Christ. And he was just like, no, I've met her. She's cool. I'm like, yeah, she's cool. She's really fun. Lucille Bluth's funny and cool. Yeah. She's at a party where they're really like, to really her family. manipulative and stuff. Yeah. So, like, but to her family, she's great. But to Anne, She's just yeah. like, oh, you're fantastic. <laughs> there, there are so many things about Arrested Development that like it's been it's been a show for well, it's been like a like a pop cultural artifact for so long now that like I only remember things about the show because they've become like meme templates, like just yeah. such mm-hmm. like or, yeah. and like I guess every major pop cultural thing from the last like 20 well, years. Well, it's like, kind of like JoJo in that way, and that it's like ubiquitous through that type of thing. Yeah, it is because yeah. it's like even if you haven't seen the show, like you know the fucking like the the you know like the bag with the dead rat from the freezer and stuff or you know like <laughs> you know all the different michael Sarah walking to the charlie brown music and stuff like yeah. oh yeah uh walking very sad that one popped me uh lucille's face when she was disgusted that's a classic <laughs> i think um, the, the biggest thing for me from arrested development that i think about all the time and i always quote to people and, I, and it, it reminds me that not many people that i know know this show is the ongoing gags about how every family, every person in the family does a chicken dance differently and they're all wrong. Yeah, no one in the terrible. family knows how to do what, how a chicken moves. Has anyone ever one, seen a chicken? Yeah, but it builds <laughs> that one moment when every character is all doing it at the same time and you're like, none of you are right. None of you are close <laughs> uh, to correct. And then uh, first, uh, first, uh, you know, just how the escalation gets crazy is that like, oh, ha ha ha, nobody knows what like a chicken like sounds or like looks like or moves. And then it becomes, oh, you did this chicken dance in Mexico and got arrested. Yeah, (laughs) it's like like a great, I think the biggest thing the show has in common with Succession is it's like a great show about whiteness too, that like a lot of times like really serious uh, TV showrunners like, yeah, we're going to unpack privilege and stuff and it just ends up being bullshit but like both Arrested Development and Succession I feel like capture like the tragedy and absurdity of being like white and having money mm. and having no like psychological cooth and being know, like totally those... mentally isolated from everyone because of it okay yeah like, basically like having mental illness. reality <laughs> yeah you know what you sold me I'll put, <laughs> I'll put it on the queue uh Pat you're next sell me on something that you've been watching you've been watching uh, a lot of it too 
So I'm watching a lot of television. I don't know if I want to attempt to sell anyone on any of the shows I've been watching. Uh, I I'll just say I think I'll 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 just do our plug for uh, Green Knight right now. Uh, oh, yeah, that, that's fine. That's completely yeah. fine. That's completely yeah. Fine. Uh, 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 Justin and Eric and I saw it. Uh, I don't know, th- fucking Thursday a week ago. Uh, it was great. Uh, really, uh, it didn't do like I think what we were all worried it would do, which is like, oh, this just kind of got uh, Dutch ruddered because it was an A twenty four movie. Uh, but it was it, it looks great. Uh, Dev is great. Whole cast is great. Um, I, I, even if your only exposure to this type of thing is like playing from soft games in the last 10 years i think you will dig this uh it's i don't even want to say too much about it because a lot of it is like comes from the experience of watching it which i think is cool because it, it does come from like bait what's basically a poem uh and it you know kind of captures that in being very uh i don't know about the energy and look and feel in a way that like Oh, this is good, and it's also why people hate art house movies because, like, you try to make one, and it's like, oh, this is stupid. But this is the case where it's like, oh, it's actually good. It's very um, hard to do what they did as yeah. well as they did it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It could, and I and I, I think oh. I mentioned in our chat, I was like, it doesn't, it doesn't look like a a twenty four movie. It looks like a, it looks like a, a video game. It literally looks like a video game in a lot of ways. It, it looks very like unreal. If that if they, that that, what, yeah. that tweet that was going around where it was like the Green Knight looks uh, cost fifty million dollars and looks better than like every Marvel movie yeah and it's because <laughs> they just found places on Earth that are beautiful and went there with cameras yeah, yeah like Ireland just takes, looks good <laughs> like that, that all, was the there's so many places on Earth that look unreal because existence is insane <laughs> New Zealand if you have a high <laughs> enough resolution camera you can just show people that aren't there and that's what <laughs> movies used to be like. It's Zaban in uh, 2003 when they just <laughs> yeah, say you don't yeah, have to, don't have to stress out any CGI artists or anything <laughs> like, oh, we need CGI people to make like the giants or whatever. But like, no, mountains just look that fucking gorgeous, man. They just come out of the ground. You know, <laughs> that's what I loved about it. I was like, this movie's fucking pretty as shit. And like in, in a useful way, not just like, uh, I don't like Crazy Rich Asians is really pretty, but it's like meaningless. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh, shiny. <laughs> I, 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 keys in front of somebody. I was gonna say Tenet. <laughs> what? No, no it's different. Back. Yeah, no, Tenet <laughs> is a very pretty movie with very pretty people. But uh, I wanted to ask, what is the Green Knight of? I only saw like a screenshot. Is it like a samurai movie or kind oh, of? Man, I mean, yeah, I guess all samurai all kind of like stuff is kind of samurai. Like, it's yeah. really like a it's like Shakespearean. It, it's it's like a western in some aspects too. Like, it, it's say less. <laughs> It is yeah, very- the, the easiest way to like explain the Green Knight is like a like a dude gets challenged to a duel from like a giant swamp thing like knight, and he's like, "All right, you can like hit me, but like in a year I'm gonna hit you back. Whatever you do to me, I'm gonna do to you." And he's like, "Okay." Worse. And, <laughs> and then the guy's like, "Bet." And then just coming, now it's like I'm gonna like, Shit, I'm you got a year it. before I cut your fucking head off, and like yeah, I've, I've just been saying Tra- one year train for a year. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny. He, he doesn't even trade. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. You gotta see it. You're gonna love. You're gonna love it. I think. Uh, and speaking of swords, I'll go up with my next. I've been in, I've been on a Highlander kick. Oh yeah. Sorry. I've been. I, I. But the thing is, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say you guys on Highlander one. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> I've never seen it on Highlander two. The quickening. 
<laughs> Renegade Cut. Awful fucking name. The Quickening. Um, the, 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 the Quickening is the thing that happens in Highlander when a, when an immortal kills another immortal. Yeah, they they like okay. come, they okay. come violently it's like a power up. Yeah. <laughs> They come violently and and uh, lightning storms appear and shit like that. Um, this was rated the worst movie <clears throat> of all time. <laughs> it has a zero percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Somebody's lying when there's a zero percent. Somebody <laughs> liked it. I know somebody liked it. <laughs> Just it's like Among Us. <laughs> Lambert, John Connery playing a Spanish guy with a Scottish accent. Uh. They return. Uh, no Clancy Brown this time, though. But you get Michael Ironside in this movie as well. Oh, that's King. right. That's the one he's in. Uh, it is a movie that if you saw the first one, forget what you saw in the first one. None of it matters. They retconned everything. It takes place in 2024, which is even... Isn't it a really mythology-heavy movie? Yes. Very, yeah. For no reason. They retconned every movie. So instead of just being immortals, they're aliens. That's right. Aliens sort fighting, and if you cut their heads off, they get the quickening. Uh, this has to do with the ozone layer, the environment. Uh, <laughs> it's so not the thing is, the first Highlander is so simple and so cool. Like that movie opens up at like a wrestling event, and then two random guys get into a sword fight in a parking lot. One of them cuts the other one's head off, and then he like gets more powerful. It's the coolest shit ever. Like, if no one told you what the movie was about, just threw it on. <laughs> the opening scene's one of the best opening scenes in any movie ever made. It's, like, it's up there with Blade to me, as far as yeah, opening. It's, it's, it's perfect. And there is no reason to explain any of it. No one comes out of Highlander like, but why are they immortal? How do, who cares? <laughs> no Which one is, cares. The, the, just the, vibes? The of any good movie like that. Like, you don't care. There's, don't care. There's time Ten. travel. There's time travel. There's different planets. There's all types. There's everything that you might want in this movie, including uh, Sean Connery and a plane saying, how do these planes work? I never <laughs> things work like this. It's amazing. It is terrible. Let me be clear. But I implore you, if you have prime video, please go watch this movie. I think it's amazing. It's a movie that I'm, I'm like nudging the powers that be in the TBS uh, chat to watch so that we can discuss <laughs> I'm so it. glad I'm not a part of it. <laughs> because I think Highlander 2 is like, you know how there's like the Road Warrior and then Mad Max or whatever? Like how like yeah. there's like that level up? Highlander is like the inverse of that. <laughs> what if we just ruin this shit? Wait, Fuck except, it. Except all of the movies do that. They do this. They just keep, yeah. <laughs> none of them are, and none of them are better. All right, and and all of them are worse than the first one, and in different ways. It's like, oh, well, we we, we fucked this up. What if we fucked it up this way? Like, all right, keep yeah, varying this theme. I rinse it part three. Haven't hit play on it because, uh, but part three says, you know what happened in part two? That didn't happen. This is what happened after part two. So yeah, that, check that out and uh, tell me what you guys think about it if you, if you do watch it. And that, that's that's my cell. Dom, I'm gonna I'm gonna round it out with you. I haven't watched anything that I would tell anybody else to watch other than the Green Knight. Well, that's not true. I've seen a few movies the last few days that I haven't made content for yet. Like, uh, I will give a teaser and say that I actually really fuck with Free Guy, the Ryan Reynolds movie. No fucking way. I'm not. I'm not bullshitting you. Like, I got okay, very emotional okay. in that movie. Uh, I was really like, I literally had a day where I had like, I went and saw that like in the morning, and I was like really blown away. Not blown away. It's not quite the right thing because I'm gonna try to hype it up. But it was like. 
you know, I fucking hate Ryan Reynolds. So, like, I was like, I can't wait to tear this okay, shit apart. Let me, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but in my head, Free Guy is basically, uh, you remember Serenity? Not the fucking uh, Firefly sequel, but. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back, my nephew kind of hate. Yeah, yeah. It's Firefly for Barstool, guys. That's what it looks like in my head. Yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is. Or, or Serenity for or, Barstool, guys. It's sort of, I, I'm going to be honest, there's several scenes in the movie where I was like heavy Serenity vibes because that movie yeah. is insane. But um, my actual first video for the channel that I've never uh, that I've never published because it was just like a test pilot is like a 35 minute video of me talking about Serenity. Um, but um, <laughs> please release but, that. But, yeah. <laughs> Have you yeah, seen but, it, Cyrus? Uh, no, but I want to oh, hear all about it's it. It's amazing. It's, it's, <laughs> if you don't know anything about the movie, find a day. To, that's what I'll recommend. Actually, I'll recommend finding the movie Serenity. Sorry, Matthew McConaughey reading nothing about it. And just watching it. And it just... is truly one of the most insane things I have ever seen in my life. The, I the was things when Kendall from Succession is trying to sell him the fish finder are some of my that's one of my favorite scenes ever. I I've I've never had a movie get me like Serenity did where I was like, how did you is this like a like a trick? Like did so like I I wondered if everyone saw a different movie. Like if they found a you know way what? to like okay. here's comp, shout out to Serenity, it's the closest <clears throat> you could get to M Night without being him. Yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, there's definitely like if M Night had did this, it actually probably would have been even better. Speaking of God. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We haven't done an episode since old came out. I would no. definitely tell people to watch that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, bro, come on. It's gone up in my mind. <laughs> old gang. <laughs> oh, is that I'm sorry, I didn't want to spoil it. <laughs> but I watched your video and I was just like, this sounds fucking insane. It is, it is insane. It is insane. And, like the you can't, it is the work of a true <laughs> madman. It's the it, most anti-movie movie I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. It's it is the anti-movie. Like it, I will Justin, say- we got out and Justin, Eric was like, How is it? And Justin was like, It's terrible, but a low-key slap. <laughs> and it's the perfect that's the perfect distillation of it i mean uh, it, i've successfully so convinced like 12 or 14 friends to watch it and 15. only like two of them were mad at me everyone else was like man all right you were right. <laughs> I was like, yeah fucking was like if you like movies like no no one else could make this and sometimes that's bad but in this case it's great yeah no i mean don't like some some of this is like yeah if, um, if I'm gonna recommend something to somebody like I'm I'm 100 gonna recommend a movie that's like not like anything else you could see right now because like the Suicide Squad's like pretty fun it's like a cool movie or whatever but like well okay. slow down like who, slow, slow if, down, if you never down. I'm about to see like, it later never, no I'm not gonna talk about the movie <laughs> but it's like if you never watched it like your life wouldn't be different like you know what I mean like I enjoyed yeah. it I had a cool time probably not gonna think about it after you know a week from now but like I'm gonna be thinking about old the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but I am old. I'm gonna be thinking about old. I, I hope I die on a beach for real. Like that's like that movie is it has ingrained stuck. in me now. It's stuck with all of us. I mean, it seems like the three of us are selling Cyrus on this one now. We, yeah, that's uh, got a I, lot of watch. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm, how about I, I love it. It has a, a perfect like in a movie that's like entertaining, terrible ending, but great in how terrible it is. Uh, it has like a classic M Night thing where like he doesn't know what the fuck he's writing about. Where like it was in uh, Glass had this where he's literally writing about comic books and doesn't didn't bother to look up the difference between limited series and limited edition 
And yeah, it's like yeah. a pivotal, pivotal point of dialogue in the end of these movies. Like it's literally Samuel Jackson's like dying words as this trilogy ends and he gets like the wrong version of it. And then in this movie, kind of the equivalent of that was that there's a rapper named Midsize Sedan. When it's like <laughs> this, why, why, why would that wouldn't be someone's name? Like it's, it's so stupid. And I say this right now. I think the actor that plays him should be Avdol. <laughs> oh yeah I could, I could fuck with that actually yeah, yeah. he's really good on uh the underground railroad too i like that guy he'd be a good after um old is great uh, i want to get to something really big here i think this is like the big really like the biggest most like crazy news and, and i wanted to get us talking about it on wax uh about a week and a half ago uh scarlett johansson or really like a week ago scarlett johansson uh it, it turned out that she's suing disney for releasing black widow on disney plus and theaters uh, we've talked about the the VOD to theater pipeline at length since this show has started. We've gone long form on it a lot of times. This is the first real kind of shot from actors to studios in opposition to this. Um, now it's 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 a lot of mudslinging on both sides. I think it's safe to say Scarlet and this and, and Disney are done, done, done. Yeah. <laughs> at this point. Uh, but I mean, where where do, where where are we landing here? Like, we, it, it seems as though Scarlett's going forward with this. There's going to be uh, presumably a, a lawsuit here unless Disney settles. But she wants her coins. She wants her, her her shillings. I think what is funny about this is like when this started happening, all of us were like, well, they're probably just going to like figure out a way to pay the people like some kind of equivalent of what they would have made. And then it appears like they just didn't do that at all in a lot of cases. Uh, but it's easy, I think, to get uh, and fun to joke about Scarlett Johansson being the one to do it because ultimately, like, it's part of a series that has, like, kind of run its course and Scarlett doesn't have the best track record of picking roles. And uh, the movie, you know, nobody really ended up caring about it after a year's delay and all of that. Uh, but then, like, you do have other people and they're still at this point, like, you know, millionaires doing it like Jared Butler and other people kind of coming out of the woodwork and doing the same thing. And again, even at that point, it is hard to care to a certain extent about a millionaire getting more money. Uh, but what it is kind of representative of an important way to me is that like, it ultimately like it, it, it is like a labor versus like large studio problem. Yep. Uh, and that like people like, like, again, it's goofy that Scarlett Johansson is the one to be doing it. But it like you people are getting screwed in this way all the way down the line. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, whether or not it's, you know, Scarlett who should even by whether you think she deserves it or not, contractually should be making a shitload of money. A grip should be making more money in certain cases. Like people who people who don't have the recourse to make to, to do these battles should be getting the same uh, benefits that Scarlett is getting. And I just think that's it's important to make fun of Scarlett Johansson and important to remember that the second thing is also true. Uh, and also uh, it's kind of like, it's where like, like LeBron James is still underpaid, which is an insane thing to say, but for the value that he contributes to the NBA or the value that he contributes to Nike or whatever, like for as much money as he's making, he's still labor to these massive companies. And I think once you stop, 
once you get past a certain threshold of making any money, people lose track of that. And again, it's easy to do because you make thousands of dollars and the millionaires make millions of dollars. But it still is important to remember that even at LeBron's level, you can get fucked over. You can get underpaid at LeBron's level. So so guess what? You're definitely getting underpaid. Yeah. Yeah. What, what it comes down to to me is like 100% Disney was wrong, right? And every studio appears to have only done make good deals with people over the move to streaming with people that they didn't want to piss off. Because there are certain people we have not heard complain about any of this stuff. Denzel, like, and it's kind of odd that Warner didn't pay Denzel extra because I know that he came out. I, I just found this out too. I didn't. It oh, was, I didn't know that. That actually makes sense. Denzel was wasn't happy about the little things coming out on uh, on HBO Max, but I was like, so they shouldn't have been happy about the little things coming out. Triple <laughs> <laughs> entendre. <laughs> but, but I mean that that's that's a that's a URL Dom DeMarco that that is a <laughs> yeah. like that. But it seems to me that the the major contention here for Scarlett's case because she don't give a fuck about the little guy. Let's just be clear, like she don't yeah, give a yeah fuck not at all. That it seems to be that the premiere access the way that it's broken down. They said that the Black Widow got sixty million dollars in, in 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 PVOD. That's not actually a lot when you factor in the fact that they have to give some of that money to Verizon, the people who hold the servers up, all of that stuff. That 60 million gets whittled down way less. And when you count for all of that stuff, Black Widow, even though it's like the top movie of the summer so far, didn't actually make that much money (laughs) for it. It's actually, to be honest, could be considered a flop, all things considered. So Scarlett's looking at that like, I have a major, I got a major L on my record now. I want my money. How does Disney make good on this other than like throwing her under the bus right now? To be honest, I, so like, I agree with Pat that it's, this is like a labor thing. And like, I fundamentally, you know, it's like in wrestling, you side with the boys, not like the promoter. You know what I mean? Like I, I side with like the, like, you know, the artists on this, obviously, even if I don't like ScarJo, but like the fact is that in her fucking lawsuit, she said that she would have made $50 million in, in, in backend money which is not fucking true because <laughs> I'm sorry, but Listen, Hey, you always ask for more. Even here's the thing. Even if black widow didn't get sent to premier access, it probably only would have made maybe another like 15 mil at the box office in the pandemic. So it still would have been disappointing. Right. It, and be clear if it would have came out on time for sure, probably would have made less. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to point out is like, in some ways, I think this movie may, may have ended up doing better because of the perception of the pandemic affecting box office grosses and people actually kind of like being excited to see a Marvel movie because they didn't get to see one in the theater for over a year, right? If this had just come out when it was supposed to come out, nobody would have given a fuck. It would have been yeah. even worse for her. So like, this is one of the situations where it's like, technically you're right and they did breach her contract and that is fucked up. But on some level on the inside, you have to know that this could have gone worse for you. Like, because what would Disney have had to, what would Marvel have said about their brand if this movie actually flopped? Not, not, not COVID flopped, not pandemic flopped. Like if Black Widow came out and it didn't fucking make $100 million opening weekend. And then the next weekend there was a 65% drop off. Yeah. How would they have rationalized that? You know, like literally the Um, first non Sony superhero movie to not hit 100 million since. I, since Sony movies started hitting 100 million, yeah, right. Like, think about how many fucking think pieces there would be. Is this it? Is this the end of superheroes? I mean, maybe 
that's the better timeline. Maybe the timeline where that happened, everyone's like happier or something. I don't know. Well, but, well uh, we might get there. Shang Chi is out in a month. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm really. I mean, to me, because like she's like fifty million dollars. That's what Robert Downey Jr. made off of, like being in like Civil War. Like they weren't going to pay you that much. I yeah. know for a fact if she had a back end deal, it wasn't as good as his, or it wasn't as good as whatever The Rock had for Jungle Cruise. So that's the that's just the crazy thing to me. Yeah. And also, it's just like she has to know she has no leverage. You know, she can't even get the fans on her side to be like, if this happened to like Tom Holland, you know, they, yeah. they still want more Spider-Man movies. The fandom would be hashtagging on, on his side. Don't know if MCU fans going to fuck with this girl. Her character's dead. She may as well be dead. Yeah, you know? I say the word labor and every <laughs> MCU fan turns off the podcast. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to hear from Rose Twitter or something, you know, like, okay, all right. Honestly, Disney's, their their legal thesis is that they, that they didn't impose this. This wasn't imposed in a way to breach their contract. Uh, Johansson and her contract said that she wanted it to be released on a minimum of 1,500 screens, which Disney had 9,000 U.S. screens and 30,000 worldwide. I don't know if she has much to stand on there because... Disney. And, the, and the thing is, I get what they mean by, oh, well, you breached the exclusivity window because so much of making money in theaters is about you have to go to a theater to see it. I, I agree with that. I, I respect it. But, uh, you know, the other movies that there are other movies that were on Premiere Access or, or HBO Max or whatever that still did better than Black Widow did. So, like, we have plenty yeah, of actual so that, many of them that like people if people want to see something, they will. And, and Dom, by the way, those movies, your fault. people weren't paying for those movies, movies that did better than Black Widow. People who watched them at home weren't paying $30 to do it. They were doing it for free or for $15 a month, like like yeah. uh, Kong versus Godzilla. That did great theatrically and it did great on HBO Max and people didn't pay a fee to watch it on top of what they already pay HBO. So, yeah, yeah but I, I do. I do. The one thing I will say about this, this lawsuit is I like that it is exposing the very specific fact that. Like, I feel like when Nolan articulated this about HBO Max, he sounded like a like a loser and it didn't make sense. Like yeah. people were just like, "Dude, get over it that your movie failed." Uh, but like, <laughs> he is the reason why we're in this predicament right now. I hope. He- yeah. 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 Like <laughs> he's literally like the the, uh, the tumbling blocks domino meme. It's like Nolan written, insists on making this weird spy movie. Yeah. And fuck now. There's there's this sense. It's that, like, like a Nolan movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there's this sense that. Uh, studios now are able to move things to streaming and people are like well where does the money come from it's like well every time it helps raise subs raising subs helps raise the stock price so like they're they're making money in in some way they're making value for the shareholders you know and if they can start there by being able to essentially just move the money over to only the important people in the company and not any of the artists they're going to be able to keep doing that in different ways that's going to fuck up people who matter to to caring sympathetic humans more yeah. than Scarlett Johansson. Like you you wonder why the the post work, why the CGI in uh Black Widow is bad? Uh it's not going to get any better if Disney wins this lawsuit. They're going to bury They're probably gonna cuz I like if let's say Scarlett Johansson didn't do this and The Rock chose to do this over J- Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Like a Jungle Cruise did really bad and The Rock was like, "Come on man, I'm franchise Viagra, where's my money?" <laughs> Everyone in the world would be like the Rock does he, his movies do make money at the theater. Like, all right, yeah, like we, everyone would have been behind The Rock, not just on a sex. The Rock level. has the I mean, Redbox crowd. Yeah, you know, like people would have been like, yeah, give him his fucking money, give Dwayne his money. Yeah. But Scarlett Johansson is like the worst fucking person to do this. Nobody gives a fuck. 
<laughs> her fucking husband's annoying as shit. His coworker <laughs> and best friend's fucking a loser. Like the whole everyone connected to Colin Jost deserves every L they've gotten in the last few weeks. Wow. Yeah, I don't deserve I Oh, go ahead. Uh, did Tom and Jerry do better than Black Widow? No, 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 because like only a a few kids' movies a year get to do that. Yeah. Meanwhile, Boss Baby Two is on every Dolby screen in Los Angeles. (laughs) You gotta get that contrast ratio, man. I want to see the blacks in Boss Baby's eyes. Why can't I? I can't see the Green Knight in Dolby because of fucking Boss Baby. (laughs) All right. So now that we got that out the way, get that shit out of here. Let's talk about... Oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> Let's talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'll keep it real. It was bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is a, is a franchise, not just a manga. It's an anime. It's a video game. It is books. It's, it's everything. Created by Hirohiko Araki. It started in 1987. Still going strong today, over 30 years strong. As all the best anime is. Yeah. yeah. All, all, but, it, but, it, but there's a level of quality with it. So essentially, I mean, in a nutshell, and I think I kind of went over this last episode too, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is a generational story about a group of characters that are sometimes related directly to each other, sometimes they're related and, you know, they're just, they're descendants of each other. There's actually like one chapter where they're completely, or two or three where they're like, absolutely not, uh, they're, they're not related at all, but they, they follow the story of all of these multiple JoJo's, whether they be Jonathan, Joseph, Jolene, Jotaro, all these people are named JoJo. Jorno. And he, uh, Eric, he would find clever names to get JoJo in different languages, which I think is very nice. Because if, jo- if Jotaro isn't a Jojo, his last name is Kujo. So you got the Joe there and the Joe there. That's how mm-hmm. you together. That's just how he does it. Just uh, nickname, baby. <laughs> Araki's an interesting guy because, you know, in 1987, he went along with, with what uh, at, at the time it was. It, it was in the uh, in the uh, Shonen Jump magazine. And so at the time it was it was next to Dragon Ball. It was next to Fist of the North Star and all these other uh, manga that were really popular at the time. So it went along with that. It was a from Phantom Blood, the battle tendency. It was very much a kind of like a, a, a boys <laughs> manga. But around the, the turn of the 90s during Stardust Crusaders Part 3, it got a little bit more odd and it got a little bit more popular with Stardust Crusaders. You started to see a lot of his personality grow. This is a Japanese guy that loves gangster rap. He loves Prince. <laughs> he loves American music, American movies, all that, <laughs> all that stuff, and that is all deeply seated in this story. Which, if I was to describe it, Cyrus, it's not just the action battle anime. It is. It's really like nope, nope. It, it. It is a. It's fiction at, at its at its best. It's it's not Dragon Ball. It's it's not Naruto. It's not nothing like that. <laughs> um, how I. How I got into JoJo, it was someone said it was inspired by Fist of the North Star. And Fist of the North Star is, it is very old. Uh, I watched the, I think it was like 90, uh, 1964, something like that. Like a really old version of it. And that is before you get your Dragon Ball Z's, your uh, Yu Yu Hakusho's and a lot of stuff like that. It was just a man just going around the torn up world of, you know, I guess Earth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he's just like killing shit. 
and this is going crazy and i it becomes a soap opera at some point where it's more like very emotional and stuff like that and i was just like oh i like this um so when i was watching jojo it kind of just weeded everything like everything else that was out around that time it just like move yeah so i wasn't watching attack on titan um <laughs> what uh what else was around that time um one punch man was around when that was coming out I was not watching one punch man i was like it was like jojo or go to fuck home yeah. <laughs> and most people and it's crazy because back in the day um my my cousin who is uh, about three years younger than me was really into jojo this is around the time when, when i found out about it, it was still bar run so it's part seven that was about 10 years ago <laughs> that part seven came out and I, I said what is this shit turn it off i don't want to see it anymore and he said this is jojo this is fire you're gonna regret it and i said no so I, I had been doing my anime runs, you know, pandemic watching everything. I, I, I'm in the Lookout Discord. Uh, shout out to the Lookout. Shout out to Meals and Jeff and everybody over there at, at the Lookout. Not even invited on this episode. Ha! <laughs> well, you know why Meals and Jeff aren't invited on this episode? Because they have pumped. They refuse to so do hard. it. They have pumped fake so hard on JoJo that I had to take it into my own. I had to take it into my own hands to actually cover this because I feel like this is something that needs to be covered. And that's why I brought it to you guys over here at, at TBS because this is a show that not only does it have a generational story but it actually it, it actually puts in a lot of different stylistic choices as well um within its story and it's not written like any anime I've ever seen before in my life and that's why I'm still watching it that's why it it hasn't mm-hmm. I think about this show I think about these mangas often because they're written so in a way that it's like it's, it's almost like American literature at times where it's just like it, it feels like Iraqi isn't writing it for American audience or, or for Japanese audiences. He's writing it directly for us in America. So um, mm-hmm. that's why I brought it here. So for this episode, I didn't ask uh, Pat. Well, I've seen all these before, but I did rewatch them for this episode. And, 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 and Cyrus has rewatched some of them as well. I asked Pat and Dom to watch Battle Tendency in the first half of Stardust Crusaders. I didn't make you guys watch Phantom Blood, but you did it anyway. So shout out to you guys. Uh, yeah. But the way that the manga worked, and this is interesting as well. Phantom Blood uh, started in 1987. Okay. I, I was, I just, I was just born in 1987. <laughs> Battle Tendency came out and no, no, actually no. Battle, Battle Tendency came out in um, 80, 87 and battle and, and phantom blood came out and i think i, I, got, I got this wrong no no you're right it's 87 and 88 okay 87 88 yeah these two came out 87 they did not get an anime adaptation until 2004 how insane no no it, it's a, it not, not, not it came out here in 2004 14 it came it, it actually dropped in 2012 so the 2012 adaptation came out in japan then it came here in 2014 so over 20 years later is when we finally got to see these animated which is insane, but that's what we were watching uh, for this as well as Stardust Crusaders, and and I got I got I got to pass it to you guys, Dom. What did you think? Um, I'm very happy I did this. Uh, I've had other friends try to convince me to watch it, and like I'm always like, yeah, yeah whatever, because like to me, anime feels like a big commitment because seasons always have lots of episodes, and I kind of forgot that like episodes are like 20 minutes long, so it's not that big a deal. And uh, I watched literally all of. Phantom Blood and Battle Tendency in one day. Um, I happen to have a day where I didn't have to make videos or anything. And I just, I just, that's, that's all I did the whole fucking day. And at no point in the day did I even think about wanting to tap out. 
Like if I didn't have to eventually go to sleep, I probably just would have kept going. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and I, I, I enjoy Battle Tennessee. I think it's a really cool show. Um, but I really dug Phantom Blood. Like I really, and I thought it was going to be like some dumb shit we had to get through to understand stuff. Like, cause you, you made it seem like it was skippable. And then I was like, well, this is tight. Like I, I, I love the idea that every one of the, the different series I've seen so far, they're like completely different shows with like these nice little emotional tethers and stuff. And it's just cool to know that you could, like, the only, I think you mentioned this last episode, like, there's not any shows that do this. And the only show I can think of that, like, tries to change it up this much in between seasons now is, like, Archer. But that's not because they have interesting things to do with every new genre. That's just because FX gave them a bunch of seasons and they ran out of ideas. Yeah. So they just like, oh, well, we've been doing spy shit. Now funny. We'll do I've never seen shit. Archer. I do think it's funny that they always switch it up, though. So. <laughs> They, they did that, I think, I want to say three or four seasons in and then just kept doing it. And this is very different. It's not that it really does feel like they don't just change the genre or like the setup or the cast. It's like he's constantly just twisting these ideas around in new ways. Because um, like I would, something crazy would happen and then it would make me go Google it to, to fully understand it or like make sure I got like the cultural reference correct. Yeah. But then it would lead to me looking at, the stuff in the future that I haven't watched or read yet. Oh, and just why did you do that? Not like, no, no, no. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to fucking remember. It's, too, it's oh. way too many weird things. But like, just being like, wait, there's a season that's like this? Or a friend would be like, you're going to love this season when you get to this thing. And I'm like, that all sounds amazing. I did the what same. have I been doing with my life? I did the same thing. If I was to look, I know, and the Cyrus would get annoyed. I'd be like, oh, I know this is coming up. But I'd be like, come on, why'd you spoil the surprise? <laughs> he looks so fucking unhappy and displeased right now. Spoiling. It, it's really not because this is the same as with Dom. Gojo <laughs> is so like rich in lore that like you could never spoil it. You actually have to read it. Like I looked at like some Jojo and stuff the other day, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that. Like I know the you know the beats because you have to you know you got to know what it's about but it's like the way that the the it's written and the prose that is written in, and to be fair the anime i love what david productions did with the anime it is written exactly <laughs> as it is on the page in the anime it is not changed whatsoever which love makes that. which is crazy because these shows are from the 80s and they still they still read and, and sound like they should be you know very modern they feel like ahead uh, of their time exactly um so the reason why i go oh why just because when I started, I, I started around 20, uh, uh, 2014. So when the first half of Stardust Crusader ended, I was just like, oh, I'll just read everything and catch up. And then by the time Stardust Crusaders came out, I was already on part six. <laughs> and, I, and I was just like, oh, no background lore. I'm just like hitting them back to back. Let's keep reading back to back. So I never like, there was like no uh, outside of just like, who's who i didn't know what i uh i had the all-star battle video game shout out to uh <laughs> the few players that still play that shit um so when i started i knew i knew what people look like but not who they are yeah and i knew half of the character select <laughs> <laughs> pat what did you put it what did you think about your initial watch of, of the first two and a half seasons uh, I really liked it. Uh, I it, I mean, it didn't remind me of these because it came before them, but obviously it was running with uh, Dragon Ball at the time. Yeah. Um, it reminded me more so even other than like uh, saying an anime reminds you of Dragon Ball Z, like it, every anime <laughs> has power-ups yeah. in fighting. Like that's not, it doesn't really mean yeah. anything. 
but it did remind me a lot of the last anime I really watched other than finally finishing Demon Slayer was um, Hunter Hunter mm. and getting like really deep into uh, like battle mechanics and like random expository stuff that's like an episode long uh, and that type of shit. Uh, it like it, it was similar to that. Um, and Yu Yu Hakusho, I guess, also, because I think that's the same creator as uh, Hunter Hunter. But uh, I loved it. I mean, the, the, when somebody's name is, uh, uh, you know, Robert E.O. Speedwagon and ACDC, <laughs> and, like, when the, the when the guy who's essentially Cell is named Cars, like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> as both a band reference and just someone's name being Cars, like, that, it's, it's so great. Um, you know, it feels very epic, but like, you know, the second Jojo is not like the first Jojo. It's it, they, like Dom said, they really earn the switch up. Yeah. Um, because the, the, and the stakes change. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Phantom blood is very much contained within that, that little. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. The second one, you're automatic. All of a sudden it's Nazis and the world's going to end. Yeah. And- they did a classic well, thing where, like, well, it's right before World War II, so the German guy isn't, like, that bad. Oh, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, they're, they're like, that's a Nazi, right? He's, that's yeah. what that is. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, also, just, like, in terms of setting as well, like, uh, Phantom Blood is kind of just, you know, the Joe Star Mansion, England, whatever, and then Dio's Mansion, whatever the fuck that may, may be, Wales, I guess. <laughs> and then uh, in... What is it? Battle tendency. You get New York, Italy, you know, uh, Germany, all sorts of like places like that. Yeah. So yeah. that's like really great. And then like uh, Stardust is like Japan, and then like the Mediterranean. But like Japan, like a for, whole, like, a whole, like a whole little actual like world tour and stuff. Yeah. And the time differences too. Like having like a period. Like I, I love that. I love that uh, you mentioned like how like the like the settings different. The characters are different. But what's really cool is, like, even when the character is the same, they're different. You know what I mean? Because, like, Mm -hmm. Joseph in season two was, like, this, like, you know, kind of ridiculous cad. And he's, like, very one way. And then, like, it's, like, you can tell it's the same person, but he's so fucking different in Star Wars Crusaders that it's, like, not even funny. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Different that there's a huge argument why his accent changed between the seasons. Araki allegedly, I think I read Araki allegedly approved the accent change, and no one knows why. Because he's English, and and he thought it was funny, probably. Uh, like, yeah, fits. This seems right. I, I would just assume because he lives in New York, he just loves America so much. Yeah, people, it overpowered him. People think, yeah. <laughs> like it is kind of like those TikToks where it's like you've lived in New York for like a week and you won't stop eating chopped cheese or whatever. Like, yeah, that's what happened to, <laughs> that's, that, that to was <laughs> Okay, let, let's he's just really rock it now. Let me try and break down these seasons. With the ones that we watched, and then kind of go ahead before we before we get into like the, the main crux of why I wanted to talk to you guys about this. Phantom Blood. <laughs> How do I even describe this? So Phantom Blood is about the the literally the story of uh, uh, two adopted brothers in Jonathan Joestar and in Dio Brando who are at war with each other. But there's the bizarre twist, as with every JoJo, there's a stone mask that's in Jonathan's father's uh, house that Dio uses to become a vampire. And then he has to learn how to kill him. So it becomes really kind of like a vampire martial arts story. So random. And that's, <laughs> here's the thing, though. Like, 
Phantom Blood has such such very strong period piece energy at first. And it's like if you went to go to an art house, you saw some movie where everyone's name was like Chauncey or something. They had ruffles or whatever the fuck. They were dressed like, like Lestat. Like one of those movies. It's like if you were just watching that kind of story about like, oh, like the, the two brothers from the wrong sides of the tracks. And yeah. then all of a sudden it just turns into like Blade. And you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all and, right. Uh, I, uh, what I... Because when the, the switch happens, when vampires are introduced, they introduce the very fist of the North Star thing, where it's just like, oh, if you keep beating his ass, he just comes back stronger. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm tapped in. But like, you know, <laughs> fist of the, spoilers for Fist of the North Star, I guess. There's no vampires in it. So I was just like, oh, this is going crazy. <laughs> but, it, but It's funny because Iraqi... You can tell he is a he's a storyteller and a story writer because he writes and animates the manga. And and David kind of picked up on his style and, and did that for the for the anime. Is that he knew that he wanted to tell this story, but he also knew he wanted to sell copies of of the the Shonen Jump. So mm-hmm. you have a power called Hamon, which is essentially like life. All JoJo's have powers. And it's it's yeah. an anime. It's not gonna be anime with no power. Hamon mm-hmm. is like it's like life energy from the sun. And that is what you use to kill the vampires. And it's, it's kind of it's, it's just natural energy that is like within you. And to activate it, you have to breathe a certain way. Yeah. Do they do like, they elaborate on the rhythm? No, just breathe no. really well. We love it's we like love weave. how anime powers work, folks. We love it. <laughs> it's just like weave midi chlorians, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The thing the thing about Phantom Blood, though, Dama, and it's interesting that you like this so much because it, it's actually the most disliked part of the whole franchise. What? Because yeah, I believe it. I think that I think that's crazy because this part is really good. I just think it's tame. It's straightforward. It's very straight. Yeah. It's, it's regular. And, and, you have, and if you compare Jonathan to Joseph or even Jotaro, he's the nicest in the most. Like, yeah, it's almost amazing that these guys come after him because there's so much not like him other than the fact that they are good. He is he is the white meat baby face. He is uh, the gentleman that he strived to be. And then, you know, since Dio more or less fucks up his uh, oh, life family line, you get degenerates, uh, smokers, <laughs> felons. Uh, but I honestly love that because gangsters. It makes it, I mean, <laughs> I love generational stories that like acknowledge that like what has happened in your bloodline does affect who you are in some way. You know what I mean? Like decisions that like your grandparents made if uh, a really ambitious filmmaker adapted your life could draw parallels to like your grandma moved here and this year and this happened. And that's why you can't read or whatever the fuck, you know, like <laughs> and I thought that it was cool that like you, you introduced this like really good natured, like honorable like, white meat baby face and then like his shit don't end well. And then it like essentially curses anyone from his balls forever. Like yeah. it just that's yeah. it's I, I actually liked when uh Joseph in the second series said to see like apologized to Caesar for insulting him and like acknowledging that your past is important. Yes. That was like the moment that he became serious, like in the in yeah. the second series. That's what I love. And and we're gonna get into Battle Tennessee. That was released afterwards. Uh it is this the name's weird. I don't really still know what battle tendency means. You have yeah, a tendency it to that? Still, video game. Yeah. Still, <laughs> still to this day, I don't get it. Um, I, like, I, will say, I will say battle tendency is a lot more fight heavy. There's there's like a fight mm-hmm. in that shit. Everyone's fighting. Um, also, well, I guess when we like talk about the plot and why Joseph has to do the things he do, uh, there's a lot of battles because, you know, 
he kind of makes a uh, an agreement with the bad guys. So I guess that's the battle tendency part. Just like, oh, you have to fulfill your obligation. Yeah, to it, pull up. <laughs> that, that's the crux. Of, <clears throat> how do I explain this one? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and I, I'm still a JoJo novice. I would say probably intermediate. What, what what would you say I am now, Cyrus? I'm, I'm like an intermediate JoJo fan. Uh, until you play uh, All Star Battle, you, yeah. you're, you're still. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I I can try my best. Like I still think it's one of some of the weirdest stories. So we get the third Joe Star in the bloodline, um, Joseph Joe Star. It skips a generation. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. The, I feel like every person that watches JoJo goes, oh, man, I'm sure I want to go to see what that second generation is about. George Joestar is terrible. Save yourself the time. It is not a well-written story. It adds way too many things that Araki just fleshes out at part three. You'll live not knowing what uh, George Joestar was. Trust me. You don't got no <laughs> It's explained in the show. He don't got no hands. He gets bodied by somebody yeah. who's literally a jobber. And uh, I, don't, I don't want to spoil too much of, of the background, yeah. but we get into the story of Joseph Joestar. Uh, and it's more generational stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, some people from the Speedwagon Foundation, they find the origin of the stone masks. that The turn- Speedwagon Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> they, turn to, they, they find this, these, these stone masks and the, the people who created them called the pillar men how 80s can you get the pillar men uh that are kind of headed up by the three the three couples of of the of the group uh acdc wamu which is a play on the band wham and uh and cars which we spoke of earlier it's so funny that wamu like why didn't they just call the motherfucker wham the other two were the most blatant like (laughs) yeah just (laughs) cars like no one was mistaking it maybe maybe like like the fact that the obscured wham is proof that iraqis is not that into george michael maybe that's that's like (laughs) but that's not enough to get a little bit of the iraqi weirdness joseph pulling out a tommy gun this is the start of the bizarre yeah, this is like uh, <laughs> I wrote like a really long like overall thing, just how I felt, you know, for this episode. And I think this is where it finds its charm and where it gets really weird. And it's like all in this first episode, mm-hmm. because it, the first episode about Tennessee, I'm pretty sure you would Pat and Dom, you were just like, oh, this is way different than <laughs> what we just saw. Yeah, yeah it, like, I knew it was going to be different, but I didn't realize how efficient it was going to be. Like, it was just like, oh, no, no, here's how different. Here's how wild yeah. it's about to get. Yeah, Tommy gun, grenades, all and laser beams all uh, in one uh, episode. As soon as you see New York's JoJo, you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right>. um, <laughs> you're like, fuck it, I'm in. Yeah. Episode, anti-cop, anti-racist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to that. Araki just saying cops are bad people. Fuck uh, it. <laughs> also really driving home the fact that through even through generations, um, again, the past catches up to, to Joseph here in terms of the, he has to face literally the origin of why his bloodline is cursed here, but also kind of just like facing the fact that there's a lot of things about his past that he doesn't know. I mean, he's, he sits with, you know, there's a spoiler here, but the, there's a lot that he, he learns throughout, throughout battle tendency. But I think what, what this got, you know, this is more important to me. Like, I, I love this 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 version of JoJo because he is kind of like the Saturday morning cartoon adult version of the type of heroes that, I, that I'm into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it still feels like that's how it still feels kind of 80s, I thought. Like, yeah. even though it was made after that, especially towards the end of Battle Tendency, I thought a lot of the animation looked a little, not, not it didn't look bad, but it looked kind of stylistically like, you know, um, 
He-Man or uh, Thundercats or something like that. Like even in how their hair was drawn. Let's talk about it. JoJo got some fine ass niggas on it, man. Everybody's hot. Everybody's uh, hot. It's yeah, just nothing uh, but hunks and himbos. Yeah, it's um, which uh, would later change, which I'm very unfortunate, <laughs> uh, which is very unfortunate. But you have a 17 year old who basically just looks like a football star. <laughs> okay, do, do you know how funny it is to roll up on your widowed grandmother and be like, "Are you sure that Grandpa wasn't fucking Speedwagon? Because he definitely <laughs> was." Like, <laughs> that's like the first thing he says to her. He was, she, he was like, I'm sorry for, for saying that. I, I was wilding. Or, or it, you know, it, it's so much of that that carries over when it's like, okay, this isn't Jonathan. This is his own. He's his own man. Mm-hmm. He's also someone who, who utilizes the powers in a different way. He, he's, a, he's the type of character that knows what the enemy is going to say before they even say it. He's a trickster. Like, I love Joseph because he is kind of just like the, the prototypical and, uh, protagonist here that is just so different from, from the last because you get mm-hmm. Fucking serious McBadass for the whole fucking for the whole season next, but you have Joseph here who's just having fun. Yeah, um, just like in Phantom Blood, where they say that, oh, you know, like basically the thing about the Joe Stars is that they're just Kinshiro. The more you beat them, the stronger they get. Like they'll always just come back stronger. And with Jonathan, you know, he would just come out like physically stronger like he would like get better abilities just get stronger you know more agile like Goku basically yeah basically and then for Joseph is just like his you know quote-unquote tougher is just pure luck yeah (laughs) most of the time yeah like his luck stat is max the fuck out you may have him against the wall and then it does like the Looney Tunes thing or whatever, where the whole wall falls on you, but like it's a perfect like yeah. uh, shape that like blocks them up. Like it's absolutely insane. It's luck is luck is if you can max something out, and maybe it shouldn't be luck, but it works if it is. Yeah, yeah it speaks to something uh, big and um and Jo and and JoJo as well is fate. I mean, it, it it it's kind of lightly laid here. There's a scene where like. Uh, J- Joseph and cars are sliding down an ice mountain, and he's like, "I knew you were gonna go. You were gonna let me go for the for the uh, the amulet." He's like, "But I did this and this this and this and this. Like, it yeah, is, it is fated for me to, to to be here." And there is one there is one specific uh, you know season where that doesn't happen. Uh, but for the most part, these these protagonists are fated to to not only live this death spiral of, of facing <laughs> these evil forces over and over again but how do they how do they come out of it and how do they become better a better family mm-hmm. for them? So, battle tendency is great for that but the most popular one i think the one that what i knew what jojo was because of a, a capcom game called jojo's bizarre adventure that came out in 1999 uh this was r- kind of like right when part four had come out uh, it was on dreamcast and i owned it and i said what the <laughs> fuck is this once again i said this is a <laughs> shit and i tossed the game hey cap call snap with that one yeah <laughs> and uh in 1989 we got stardust crusaders and this is where kind of jojo becomes jojo it introduces you to stands which how do i explain this how do i explain I, I had a friend oh. earlier say to me introducing stands and as as soon as they do it mm-hmm. is basically the equivalent of as like dragon ball ends and then Dragon Ball Z starts. And in the first two seconds of Dragon Ball Z, Raditz comes down and he's like, you're an alien, bro. Uh, 
Uh, and so it's like that big of a change immediately. Yeah. It changes everything. It, it says, fuck homo. Because the thing is, mm-hmm. change it because they're not fighting vampires anymore. Dio is, mm-hmm. is no longer subscribing to that because... I, don't, I feel like vampires are an especially like, like old, like yeah. especially in like the Victorian style story that the first uh, uh, Phantom Blood like goes off of. Right. Vampires are like especially like an a really old school type of of enemy. Absolutely, and, and now it's the eighties. Unless you're doing like yeah, it, it doesn't fit anymore. Yeah, like and and now we have we have literally we have so many like this is kind of like the rock and roll kind of pop version of Jojo. You have uh Terrence Darby, which is which is from Terrence Trent Darby. You have Pet Shop from Pet Shop Boys. That, that's another name that he took. Um you you have who else? Uh Devo, <laughs> which is another band name. Uh Wilson Phillips, which is another play on another band from that that time. There was this is a Rocky going full bat shit crazy. Stardust Crusaders has isn't there, isn't there an Iggy? Yes yeah. Iggy. and Mariah. Yeah and Mariah Mariah Carey uh so there's a lot this happens in stardust crusaders it basically takes a story of joseph uh jotaro is joseph's grandson joseph had got with the lisa lisa's home girl yeah Susie q had a baby and the daughter holly had jotaro and she married someone with the last name cujo so jotaro cujo here so that Mm -hmm. that's more of this i'm good i'm good right yeah yeah he's still he's still a joe star uh his mom just took the father's name yeah, so Dio comes back, and now we have basically Jotaro facing the sins of his father, his grandfather, and his great great grandfather. The great, in- the greatest plague on his family's name returns. They were never okay after this, and we got Stardust Crusaders, where you have, I mean, people turning into babies and uh, groping women. Uh, you have <laughs> <laughs> this is where Rocky <laughs> was on them drugs. How do you feel about watching Star uh, Stardust Crusaders, Pat? Uh, I mean, it. I'm excited to watch more of it because it clearly is like, I just love when you get when you know like uh, something is like transforming, kind of like when you when you're watching something and you're like, uh, I mean, we were just talking about this at the fair the other day when you're like watching one minute and you're like, oh, well, the show's different now, yeah, uh, in Breaking Bad, <laughs> and like it's cool to be like when you notice that happening, that's always cool, and it's one of the cool things about watching TV is like oh, okay, like, it's going to be three more episodes and this is going to be totally different. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's cool. I think bringing Dio back is a good decision. Uh, a, because, I mean, just, like, great name, Dio Brando. I mean, an- another fucking uh, pop culture <laughs> reference. Two pop culture references, yeah. Yeah. Now he is just, in, in Star Crusaders, his name is is literally just Dio. No more last name. He is just Yeah. Okay, and okay. It, capital D, lowercase i, capital O. Yeah. Okay, I <laughs> like that. For some reason. So, so <laughs> Dom, you got further in Star Crusaders. You got past the first season. You got you saw a lot of the wild shit. You saw the baby stuff. You saw Manish Boy. The baby, the, 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 the. The, the the stand that was a boat or like the whole fucking boat was a stand i remember when stands got introduced i was trying to wrap my head around it i was like this is just like uh, gfs and final fantasy but fucking weirder what? like it's just okay. like pokemon but from like for like psychedelics like it just this weird shit be coming out of you like how they described it was you will get a stand naturally if you have fighting spirit <laughs> 
Like, so every <laughs> UFC guy, every MMA guy, every wrestler got a stand on them. <laughs> I got a feeling some of these guys don't actually have the fighting spirit. No, yeah, uh, <laughs> because and, and that's because they would force it with the arrow, uh, which is like the arrow is made from uh, like parts a- of a meteorite. Yeah. And there's only 13 of them, I believe. And then Dio and his posse got their hands on one. So to stop the jail star, they were like just poking everybody and uh, go out and get that's them. Some, that's some fucking reader repulsive make my things grow or whatever type shit. Yeah. Basically, like they, they do something. They get very else. like episode, like like freak of the week for like the first half of Star's Crusaders. Mm-hmm. It's just like. All right, another weird motherfucker, and half of them are just going to become teammates. Like, you just be a weird yeah. dude, and you're like, all right, he's probably going to stick around. He fits. Like, <laughs> which is funny like because they, they like they they do like a different version of like putting the team together every season. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no. They, actually, what what is a, a trope with Iraqi after this is that it's pretty much the same way. It happens the same way in, in Diamond is Unbreakable. They fight each other, and then they end up teaming up again. It happens yeah. in Golden Wind. Uh, well, actually, no, it doesn't happen in Golden Wind. Golden Wind has a whole gang of, of, of kids in that one, so they don't fight each other. There's only two of them that fight each other in that one. And then Stone Ocean mm-hmm. works kind of the same way. But it's like it, it, it kind of follows what was popular at the time. And I think that Araki, again, he wanted to tell these stories, but he also knew I cannot – tell a story with just this shit. I got to put the Dragon Ball-esque bullshit in there. And that's... Yeah. <laughs> this this manga lasted so fucking long. It went from 1989 to 1992. How many, like, comic series even last that long nowadays? That's And that's a weekly publication? Yes. That's we, so much. Araki mm-hmm. is now monthly, and that's why the latest part... Jojo, Jojolian has been going on for 10 years. It has been the Jesus same. Christ. It, it, it is why I never bothered to like try to catch up. As soon as I finish uh, part seven, I was just like, yeah, I'll just wait till part eight's done. I was seven years and, ago. Yeah. <laughs> I grew, uh, what is it? I finished my freshman year of college. So it was like 2016. And I was like, oh, five more years to go. Right. Like, fuck no. <laughs> part eight is ending in 10 days. So. It'll it'll be done part eight and we'll, we can finally read Jojolian. But that was the that was kind of the rewatch. What I want to get into is now that you've seen it, uh, Pat and Dom, me and me and Cyrus have this conversation often. Why hasn't this, in in comparison to Attack on Titan, who already has a director, uh, um, the guy who's directing Flash is attached to to Attack on Titan. Um, what's said yes, he's attached to Attack on Titan. Akira, they've been trying to get that off the ground for over twenty years. Not anymore. It's done. What's it, oh, they're not doing it anymore? They just folded on it yesterday. I think it's no longer in development, they said. Oh, well, fuck it. Uh, About fucking time. <laughs> but there are a bunch. I mean, even Ghost in the Shell got an adaptation. Uh, uh, Alita got an adaptation. And that's even less popular than JoJo is. Well, mm-hmm. I think that when it comes to Hollywood adaptations of anime, there's almost no real successful ones, critically or financially. And... All of the ones that got made all have like very different routes to getting made. It's not like there was one popular one and then we got five or six back to back. It's like they all had weird, like the same way. Yeah, all development hell. The same way Akira has been development hell for like 15 years, whatever. Uh, Alita was the same way even longer, but it was like just something James Cameron wanted to do. So, like Ghost in the Shell, I think that's that was kind of random. 
But like, think about it. Ghost in the Shell has the benefit of just being a like a one movie already compared to other stuff where like. I don't want to get ahead of us. JoJo is intimidating in in how encompassing it is and how grandiose it is. But taking a two hour anime film and just making it live action and white is is not that hard. Um, I think two major things get in the way of most anime adaptations. One is I think some of the cultural differences storytelling wise, like so many things about the way anime functions stylistically, narratively uh, doesn't match the way like feature films work. Mm. Anime um, is an acquired taste. Like, yeah. if you're sitting around watching anime and somebody who doesn't watch it is there, like, stuff is happening that, like, doesn't happen in anything else that is just, like, you're just accepting it as part of anime storytelling, whether it's, like, you know, hokey, sentimental uh, conversations or, like, somebody explaining a power for five minutes or, like, yeah, it just doesn't you, happen if, in other stuff. If you were watching, like, the new Wes Anderson film. And then, like, Owen Wilson turned to the camera and was explaining how, like, a fighting technique worked for, like, six minutes, like, really loudly for no reason or something. People would be like, that's not real. But in an anime, some guy being like, oh, my God, yeah. this is happening. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's fine. I think but the, the, with- it's also the fact that they're all, like, there's this cultural thing, not just the cultural part of it, but it's like, Akira is not just an anime thing that comes from Japan. Like, it's set in Japan. It's set, it's a, it's a, it's a very Japanese story. And they try to turn, they try to like develop it as like, oh, we'll make it with white people and we'll just make it New York instead of Japan. Like they're different. The city's so different. different. Yeah. It's insane. I I think what with JoJo, I always felt that there's certain things about it that don't, that aren't exclusively like that. They aren't exclusively like Dragon Ball. Like, if you okay, you could take the hormone stuff out. Okay, that that's that, absolutely. These are things that he had to do to kind of survive and make sure that that it actually <laughs> it actually worked. If you take mm. that out of it, it's still a really strong story that I feel like it connect. I feel like I've I've seen literally I've seen movies and seen shows that that kind of crib from the thing. There there are literal video game shows, all that stuff that crib from this story that mm-hmm. are that are popular and way more popular than it. Every anime takes from JoJo, and they and they still get. A lot more of the of the attention that that I feel as though like it's, it's just odd that it doesn't get. And I feel like it's still kind of slept on, even if it's the most mm-hmm. popular uh, book in Japan. It's mm-hmm. Strange to me. Um, I'll kind of contribute why we never seen like a JoJo takeover in the West in terms of like movies and stuff like that. I just think that Araki is a very like, I guess I can't really find the word, but he's like very precious of what he wants to do because like he could have easily did a movie but then he decided to no, i'm gonna work with gucci i'm gonna do our uh, i'm gonna yeah. do our exhibitions i'm gonna have like uh you know uh what is it statues made and stuff like that sculptures made of like jotaro and stuff like that like i want to talk to clint eastwood <laughs> like he he's he's a superstar in his own right and i think like uh he's very prince like with it uh and you know there'll be several prince references all uh all over the goddamn uh series but like i think it's like his sole decision to look just really don't want to and i don't think it's because he doesn't like film because like uh in like part six he like spoils the sixth sense oh i tell everybody <laughs> uh so araki has already seen the sixth sense in the states so he goes back to basically Japan, writes Stone Ocean, which is like part six. And then the character just spoils the end 
And then Araki gets a whole bunch of shit for it because it hasn't come out in Japan yet. That's so <laughs> funny. Because uh, Stone Ocean actually came out in 2000 and 2000. And by the time that that issue had hit, the movie Sixth Sense hadn't actually come out in Japan yet. So there is a panel during the last chapters of the story that spoil it literally word for word. Uh I, I I believe is that like all the inmates uh, it takes place in prison. Spoilers. Uh, all the inmates are watching a TV and the character goes, oh, y'all guys watching Sixth Sense? It's crazy that blah, 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 whatever the fucking twist at the end and, and everybody just gets pissed. And then that was like <laughs> Japan as well. <laughs> yes. It, 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 it's, it's, I, I think that, again, this is an, it, I don't know, like, it, because when you, when you look at it, like, again, I say like this, this series kind of grabbed me it was because of just how much of a, of a generational story it was, but also because, again, like I said, it doesn't feel like you watch Dragon Ball and you're just like, like I know what I'm going to get. You yeah. don't know what you're going to get episode to episode with JoJo. Yeah. And, that, and, and to Dom's point, that is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. It is it is very much some of the things that he, he puts in these episode to episode, very Japanese. But I think the broad strokes of it, you could turn it into you could turn it into something. And I think when we spoke about it before, Dom, you were like, I think it'd be more be more possible to get like a phantom blood than maybe a starter's crusaders out of this than yeah. because I, like literally if i made movies and someone was like we're gonna do jojo i would be like i just i'm gonna make a phantom blood movie i'm just gonna we're gonna do that we'll test the waters with like i don't know, like a 40 million dollar oh. budget or something we're not gonna go crazy with it mm-hmm. and we're just gonna make a really quirky you know beautiful looking period piece and then halfway through it's gonna turn into a crazy vampire movie end of the world movie and then if people re- respond to that then we can bump up and do a battle tendency movie. You know, like you can condense and take tons of the like freak of the week type stuff away from the first couple yeah. of se- series and you can make yeah. it one big movie. It's totally doable. But the same way that Araki had to adapt all the weird stuff he wanted to do to what was the popular norm of manga at the time and in whatever, you know, like publication he was running the series in. If you did Jojo the movie, you would have to graft all of the weird, cool stuff from Jojo onto what works in a movie. Yeah, like you'd, you'd be doing it over like a superhero movie fr- uh, structure or something. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. You you also run into the thing where like if you're if you have characters named ACDC in a manga or in an anime, ACDC is not going to give a shit. They don't even know what the fuck anime is. They're yeah. ACDC, right? <laughs> you gotta gotta change it. If somebody you know, if Warner Brothers is releasing a movie and the villain is named ACDC. It's not the same thing like you like that. You know, you can change names or whatever, but every single thing like that, that you bump up against gets, you know, chalked up in a column. And eventually it's like, OK, we can't do this, can't do this, can't do this. So we just don't do it. And that was the one thing that, that would have been tough as well as is, is going anything, anything past part two. It, it gets tricky because in mm-hmm. the animes themselves, they can't even say the names of the stands. There is a stand yeah. called Notorious B.I.G. in part five. That they had to, they called it, uh, what, what do they call it? Notorious Chris or something like that? Uh, I, 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 I think, I think the, the egregious one, uh, where, where I was just like, oh, that's kind of nuts is, um, Sticky Fingers, which is a reference to Sticky Fingers. And they were just like, oh, that's not going to work. Zipper Man. Zipper Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, so I, I'll read off some of these. It hurts. Uh, some it, of the- it, oh, no, please don't. <laughs> uh, some of these very, uh, White Album, uh, becomes White. <laughs> Metallica becomes metallic. Uh, Talking Heads becomes Talking Mouth. Notorious B.I.G. is Notorious Chase. Green Day becomes Green Tea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rolling Stones becomes Prophecy Stones. Uh, There's another egregious Um, one. 
Well, the, uh, the egregious, I didn't know it until you told me the other day. Uh, his name is not Funny Valentine. No. No. It's, uh, what did you, what'd you say it was again? I, I blocked that out of my mind. <laughs> uh, oh, you mean his stand? Oh, no, uh, his name. Is it still Funny Valentine? It's still Valentine. Yeah, it's still Oh, Val- okay. Uh, I, I think I, his stand I, is just D4C, right? His stand's name is an ACDC song called Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. So because they, because they actually can't name it that in the localizations, they call it Filthy Axe at a Reasonable Price. <laughs> Way funnier. Way funnier. <laughs> which is like, that's the, uh, the, uh, the P-Brain meme, which is like Dirty yeah, Deeds really? Done Dirt Cheap. <laughs> and it's like Filthy Axe or whatever. Um, I mean, but I, I wish they just would have called it just D4C. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's you know, it, it gets tough. It, it's it's a very tough series to adapt. I'm holding out hope that that you know America looks looks at this twice. But we do have you know a really good update here for for JoJo fans. The the new season of the anime part six. They've adapted all of these way faster than Araki wrote them because they're all. <laughs> uh, but part six is actually George R R Araki. As we see. <laughs> So Stone Ocean, just just to kind of, I want I want to wet uh, I want to wet Dom and Pat's appetite for this one. Stone Ocean, it's the daughter of Jotaro. She's in prison. This is years before Orange Is the New Black. It's a prison drama with Stan. Female mm-hmm. prisoner Scorpion. Yeah, there you go. And that's actually airing uh, this fall. Allegedly, we'll we'll find out this weekend. But it's it's a great it story. Will, it will. I I, I like it. I like. The I like Stone Ocean Part Six is fine until you get to the end and it starts kind of falling apart. But it, it, it you could tell that Araki wanted to do something different, and yeah. then you'll see at Part Seven what he like really wanted to like really do and to I guess what's your ear a little more. Uh, part Seven like its mythology is based on the Book of Mormons. So yeah. if you wanted to tap right. into amazing, that. <laughs> and it's a western, and it's yeah. a western, and it's a western. Oh, fantastic! But that that is that is our JoJo conversation. Uh, I want to thank you, Cyrus, for for joining in on this. Uh, it's finally great. I don't. I've been a fan of JoJo for a really long time, so it's kind of cool to finally like talk about it. I wish we could have did it on the lookout, but you know, no, it's uh, they, they rather talk about Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> Digimon's cool. <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah, I, I'm stealing my Otismon for a villain in a script I'm writing right now. So, <laughs> uh, Cyrus, you don't have um, you don't have. I, I I have nothing to plug except the War Report that you can listen to on the A Show RNC Network. That's where I talk about wrestling, uh, NXT, AEW, and whatever weird stuff happens in the wrestling world. Uh, me and my friend Quan, and we have a great time. Uh, and as always, thank you guys. I don't know what we're going to talk about next episode. I have we'll no figure idea. It out. This one, hey, compared to the gap between the last ones, this one's coming out lickety split. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we're actually cruising into, we're cruising into my favorite month of the year, too. Motherfucker. Yeah, month. baby. Uh, I got to pull up my, I already have a long, I think over 30 movie uh, list for October. Yeah. So oh, yeah, I, count I, me I'm, out. I'm thinking. <laughs> What if, what if we did a combined October list and we came back at the end of October and we talked about these movies? Because I don't know if I'm going to do the Twitter list this year. Well, that would be okay, very sorry. sad. Really? Yeah. You guys that, care about that? that? Yeah. We, I, mean, I watch horror shit. movies through you. <laughs> I'll do the list again. But I want I want to do something cool for, for October. So we'll, we'll brainstorm that. September, 
uh, we'll think about what to do for the month of September for sure. I don't know what. I mean, Shang Chi's coming out. We could talk about the death of Marvel as it as it looks. Uh, yeah, I imagine by then we'll have something more. else. <laughs> <laughs> That's faces now. Oh my god. That's rough. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to Triple Beam Streams uh, on the RNC Watch Network. Uh, we will be back in a couple weeks with another episode for the month of September. Peace out, y'all. Peace. Peace. I feel